0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: If you have been with us since the beginning of the month, we've been looking at what happened at Calvary. We've been looking at the theme of what happened at Calvary. And today we are rounding up everything and we're looking at the power of Christ's resurrection. You know, but we're looking at it from a different point of view today. We're looking at it from the angle, from the point of view of the life of one single man. And that man is, we're not looking at the Lord Jesus Christ now. We're looking at the, another individual called Peter, who is referred to as the rock. In John chapter 13 that we read in our in our, in our scripture reading, John chapter 13 Reading from verse number 31, the Bible tells us there. <clears throat> Therefore, when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I loved you. That you uh, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have if you have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou can thou cannot come. Thou cannot come. Follow me now. That cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Verse 37, Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Now, in this verse of the scripture, we see our Lord Jesus Christ talking about his transition, the final phase of his ministry here on earth. He talked about his glorification. He talked about his imminent departure. He talked about the place that he's going that his disciples cannot follow. And during the course of this discourse, Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment. And that commandment was that they should love one another. He told them the reason for that commandment is that the whole world will know that yes, they are his disciples. That's why he's giving them that new commandment. And Peter in his usual self, Peter and his yourself wanted to know why. In verse number 37, he asked the Lord Jesus, why can't I follow you now? Why can't I go to that place that you are going? Why can't I walk with you? They walk this road with you that you are that you are about to walk. After this, after this, after this particular question, Peter now presented with the Lord just to show that he is really determined to walk with him. Peter said, I am ready to die with you. I will die with you. I will lay down my life for I say. And in verse 38, I can picture that particular scene. Jesus Christ turning and looking at me and saying, Really? Really? You are going to die with me? Let me tell you what is going to happen, my friend Peter. This is how this whole thing is going to go down. You are By the time we leave this place right now, you are going to get to a place. And by the time you get there, a little young girl will look at you and say, You are with this man. And you are going to deny me. Three times. That was verse number 38. Jesus said, "Very, very, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till thou has denied me three times." In other words, it is a good thing. I know your noble heart. I know your desire. I know your, I know your passion. I know your zeal. I know you want to walk with me. But I'm telling you, this is how this thing, this thing, this is how this thing is going to go down. The way it's going to go down is that as soon as you see opposition, you are going to deny me. In other words. You will say you will die for me. You say you will die for me, but you are are going to deny me before this day is over. This morning, we are going to be focusing on the question of our Lord Jesus Christ to Peter. And that question is, will you lay down your life for me? That is the question that Jesus Christ asked of Peter. When Peter was making that, Peter said, oh, I will go with you. I will die for you. He said, are you sure? Will you lay down your life for me? This question of our Lord Jesus Christ is a very, very penetrating question. It was penetrated to the point that the Bible never even recorded Peter's response. Okay, Peter, the Bible, the Bible did not record it because Peter must have looked at it and said, "Hey, this is a very serious question." Because if the Lord stops and turns and look at you and say, "Really, you are going to die for me," that stopped Peter in his strike. and that, made, that 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 made Peter to begin to you know to realize that he really did not know what he was talking about. Can you imagine Peter coming up to Lord Jesus Christ and say, "I will lay down my life," and then Jesus turning and say, "Hey, are you sure you are? are you sure of what you are about to say? Are you, are you sure of what you have just said? Are you sure that you are able to go to put that, lay, your, lay down your life for me?" Peter must have sensed the emotion, the emotional intense, you know, the, the, the intense moment that they are in, and the question and the question that followed. He must have thought that, you know, he must have thought about what he was about to say and concluded that no, there's no good answer for this man here. Am I really sure I can die for him? That was the question that Jesus asked him. And when Jesus Christ repeated that question back to him, Peter must have stopped for a second and said, hmm, am I sure I can really die for this man? Am I sure? Is my conviction so strong that I'm willing to go and die for him? Now, let's leave Peter alone for a second and flip the question back onto us. Okay? If Christ was to stand here right now, okay, if Christ was to stand here right now and ask you and ask me and say, are you going to, will you lay down your life for me? What will you say? What will I say? And that is the main question that we're dealing with. You see, it is one thing for you to say, for somebody to say, follow me. Okay? It's another thing for somebody to say, die for me. Two different things. Okay? It's easy for you to say, okay, follow me. I can follow you. But when you begin to say die for me, it becomes a different story. It is a difference, it is, it is wanting for you to say, give up something for me, give up your uh, your comfort, give up your your food, give up your leisure, give up, even give up your money. It is wanting to say that it is another thing for you to say, give up your life for me. Two different things. Okay, and when Peter realized that there was a difference between I will follow you and I will die for you, he had to zip his mouth immediately, okay. And that is, what, that is why I ask you, if Christ were to ask you today, will you lay down your life for me, what would be your response? What would be your response? Now, before we start thinking of our answers and looking at how we are going to, you know, and look at uh, the way we are going to rationalize our answer, let me say, let's just, you know, let's look at some of what it means to actually lay down somebody's life. What does it mean to lay down your life? To lay down your life means to to be ready to give up that which is most precious to you, which is your life, for the sake of another person that you love. Okay? To be ready to give up that which is most precious to you, which is your life, for the sake of somebody that you love. Okay? To lay down your life means a willingness to offer the ultimate sacrifice. Which is what people do when they go into war, when you are part of a, a, a country's army, when you go to war. It means that you have made a commitment that you are willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. That is laying down your life for your country. That is, that is what it means to lay down your life. To lay down your life means that you are willing to sacrifice your life for a cause. You are willing to sacrifice your life for a cause. And that is what the Lord is asking. So when Jesus when Jesus asked Peter, Will you lay down your life for me? Jesus was asked, basically saying, Peter, do you love me to the extent that you are willing to give up that which is most precious to you? That's what Jesus was asking. Your life is precious to you, Peter. Do you think that you love me to that extent that you are willing to give up? You are willing to give up that which is precious to you. That is the same question he's asking us. When Jesus was asking Peter that question, Jesus was basically, basically saying, Do you, Peter... Love me to the extent that you are willing to sacrifice your life for my cause. You are willing to say, I believe in what he has come for. I believe on the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the purpose of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm ready to die for it. That's what Jesus was asking me. Do you believe my mission to that extent that you are willing to die for it? When Jesus, and Peter understood this question. He understood the implication of this question. As a result, he had to think twice before answering that question. Jesus is not asking you to die for him now. He has already died for us. That's why we are celebrating the resurrection today. That's why we are celebrating Easter. Jesus is not saying that when you die today, you are going to go to heaven. Unfortunately, okay, the women here you probably will not have seventy nine men. That seventy two men. That would be terrible. But for the men, it's alluring to have seventy two virgins, you know, in heaven. Jesus is not promising you that. He's not asking you to die for him. Okay, he has already died for you. And that, like I said, that's why we're celebrating Easter. And you see that in the book of John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, reading from verse number 13, the Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for us. And if you read the book of 1 John chapter 3 verse 16, He says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he lay down his life for us. That's what Christ has done. That is what we are celebrating today. Jesus already died for us. Jesus has already paid the price. Jesus is not asking you to go and kill yourself. He's not asking you to go and die. He's not asking you to strap a bomb upon yourself so that you can earn eternity. No. However, Jesus is asking the. Que- However, when Jesus asked the question, he knew that nobody can answer that question without first doing a serious soul searching. Before you can stand with Christ, before you can identify with Him. Jesus knew that you have to have searched your soul to make sure you really believe what you are about to stand for. You know, it is very convenient here in this part of the world where Christianity is a little bit glamorous, where we can gather here and there will be no stress, where there will, you can do, you know, you can you can name the name of Christ and nobody will harass you. There are places on the face of the earth today, as we are talking right now, that if you mention the name of Jesus, your head and your body will probably go their different ways. Okay so when jesus was asking the question he knew that nobody can answer the question without first making sure that the person is about to make that sacrifice for is worth it if i want to die for somebody i want to make sure that that person is worth dying for that's why jesus knew he said, before you answer that question jesus knew that before you can answer that question you must first of all have evaluated that individual and you found out that that person is worthy of that is worthy of dying for Jesus knew that nobody can answer the question without first having a solid conviction upon which his faith is built. In other words, you cannot say I will walk with you. You cannot say I will die for you unless you have unless you have a solid conviction upon which your faith is bound. In other words, you know that you know that Jesus is who he says he is. Unless you know that you cannot say you will die for him. That is why you cannot answer the question. That's why we cannot answer the question if we are not sure of our walk with the Almighty God. You cannot answer the question, "Will you die for Him?" If you are not sure of your walk with the Lord, in other words, you don't know what your relationship with is with the Lord. You don't know how you stand in the in the things of God. How then do you want to die for the person that you don't even know? How do you want to die for somebody that you don't even truly believe in? How then do you want to die for somebody you don't truly trust? So, we cannot answer the question, will you die for me, if you are not sure of your walk with him. Number two, you cannot answer the question of will you die for me, if you are not sure of who he says he is. If you are not sure of the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, you cannot answer the question if you have unresolved issues in your own individual lives. You cannot answer the question unless you have, you know, if you still have unresolved issues of selfishness, unresolved issues of pride, unresolved issues that are dealing with your life. You, unless, or you until, or, as long as you have those unresolved character issues, you cannot answer that question. And you cannot answer the question, finally, if you are not completely sold out to God. If God is one of many solutions that you are working with, if God is one of the many things, many options if God is one of many plans that you have, then you cannot answer the question. Because God does it. The Bible says that behold, in the book of Exodus chapter 20, He said, I am God. I am a jealous God. I will have no other God before me. In other words, if you say that you are going to die for Him, if you say that you are going to walk with Him, He must be number one and number one only. We cannot answer the question if we are not completely sold out to the Lord. Peter taught you know, you know, for those of us who have read the scriptures, you understand that Peter was a passionate guy. Peter thought he could do it by passion. When Jesus said, you can, I'm, I'm going to a place that you cannot come. Peter thought that by passion, I can I'll walk with you. Why don't you want me to come? This is, know, Peter thought that it is by passion. Peter thought that you could get through by emotional response. Peter thought that by sheer impulse, he can make things happen. But Jesus Christ understood. That the response to that answer is not a function of your passion. It's not a function of your emotion. It's not a function of your impulse. Jesus understood that you cannot be fooled by that. Okay, If all we have in our service to the kingdom is just passion, we will not be able to lay down our lives. Because a time will come where you are not going to feel so passionate. If, a ta- if all we have is a head knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, a time will come that you will not be able to answer that question because your knowledge sometimes, you don't know everything. If all we have is our zeal, if all we have is our impulse, if all we have is our emotions, if all we have is the things that we hear from people, it, we will not be able to lay down our life for Christ. And please note, Peter had a lot of passion. Peter had a lot of zeal. Peter had a lot of thing going for him. Peter was one of the very few people who was able to recognize the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was asking, who do people say I am? Peter was the one that stood up and said, you are the son of God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And upon that upon that particular revelation, Jesus Christ, I build my church upon that particular revelation and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It was Peter that identified Jesus. So Peter was not just anyhow Christian. He was a solid man who understood what it means to walk with the Lord. Peter even had the revelation, like I said, of, of Jesus Christ. But that revelation, that zeal, that passion, that knowledge, it is not enough for you to say, I will lay down my life for you. It's not enough. Peter needed that extra touch. Peter needed a divine visitation. Peter needed to encounter the power of the resurrected Christ. And that is what you will see in the book of John chapter 21. So when they had dined, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my lamb. Verse number 16. He said unto him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. Verse number 17. He said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Verse number 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, When thou wast young, thou guard thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he shall glorify God. And when he has spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Now, after the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, if you begin to read, beginning from, uh, uh, from uh, John, chapter, uh, John chapter 19, 20, and 21, you will see a lot of things began to happen. Peter decided to go fishing. And when Peter went fishing, he struggled all night. He couldn't catch anything. And by the time they got back to the shore in the morning, they saw somebody, they saw, you know, they, 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 Jesus Christ said, did you catch anything? And by the time he beckoned unto him, Peter recognized the voice of the Almighty God. And pe- when Peter recognized the Lord, the voice of Jesus Christ, and when they came ashore, Jesus has already prepared a meal for them and by the time they finish eating, that's when that, uh, that scripture that we read, that's when it transpired now what you will see is that Peter has now become a different person By the time time Peter encountered the Lord Jesus Christ this time around, he was now a different person. He knew, he now understood what it meant to die for another because he has seen it demonstrated. He now understood what it means to die for another because he has seen Jesus go to the cross. He now understood what it means to die for another because he has seen that it is not an idle statement. Prior to this particular event, Peter was doing what? When Jesus said, I'm going somewhere, nobody will follow me. Peter said, no, I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to die for you. But when Peter went through, when Peter saw that particular weekend, he sat down beside... He saw Jesus Christ being being questioned by the Pharisees. He saw how Jesus was beaten, how Jesus carried the cross, and uh, uh, how Jesus was nailed to the cross. He now realized that this is not a joke. And because he realized that it was not a joke, when Jesus now asked him, Do you love me? The Bible said At the third time, Peter was grieved. And Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. The point we are making is that there was a transition in the life of Peter from from the first verse of the scripture that we read to the second one in verse 22 in, in, in John chapter 21 peter had made a transition if you compare john 21 One Seven, john 21 15 and john 13 15, you will see that peter had changed peter was no longer impulsive peter was no longer saying that yes i will die for you without actually thinking but after seeing the resurrection after seeing the suffering of the lord jesus christ after seeing all that he has gone through peter was a different man peter has not been humbled Peter now ex- you know, now, now has experience in the things of the Spirit. Peter now understood what grace was all about. Peter now knew the meaning of the Savior's love. Because here was a man that you denied three times in your presence. That was why he asked him the question three times. You will remember the Bible said that before the cock said you will deny me three times. After Peter had denied him three times, Jesus now gave him an opportunity to restate his love three times. That was why he asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? To counter each of those moments that he denied him. And Peter realized what was going on. And because he realized what was going on, his heart grieved because he knew that he had failed. Peter knew what, what knew the meaning of the Savior's love. That was what changed him. Peter now knows what it means to fail. Prior to that time, Peter was a strong man. I mean, he was the only one among the disciples that walked on water. The only one that identified Jesus for who he is. The only one that has walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. The only one, one of the few that saw Jesus Christ transfigured. That saw the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was the elite. He was in there. He has never seen any failure prior to that time. And that was why he thought he was invincible. But after he failed in the presence of the Almighty God. After he denied Christ three times. He realized that he needed more work to be done in his life. And the same thing in our own life. For those of us who have been around me for a while, you will always say, I will make this joke. I say, if you cut my body like this, blood will come out, which means I'm a normal human being just like you. Whatever is happening out there, somebody is able to perform, somebody is able to uh, to, 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 to fall into any particular sin or be, uh, do any particular criminal activity. We all have that potential. We all have the ability to do it. What is stopping you? What is stopping me from the man who is out there is the grace of God. That is the only difference. If you take away the grace of God from our life, if you withdraw the power of the Spirit of the Almighty God from our life, we are capable of doing exactly the same thing that is out there. And Peter had to learn this in a very difficult way. Peter had to learn this in a, very, in a very difficult way. The question is, how did the boisterous Peter suddenly become the calm and thoughtful Peter? The one that was able to the one that was grieved when Jesus was asking him the question. How did the, did the new Peter, How? what happened to him? What happened to him was that he met and encountered the Savior that has been risen. He met the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. He met the risen Savior. He knew Peter was the result of an encounter with the power of the resurrected Christ. You see, before you can lay down your life for the Lord Jesus Christ, you mu- certain things must happen in your life. The first thing is that you must experience the transforming power of His grace. Peter has walked with the Lord. Peter had, you know, had been with the Lord for three years prior to this time. But at a particular point in time, the grace of God has not been fully manifested in his life. Okay? That grace that picks you up when you are on the ground. Peter had not had any major failures in his life. Peter had not had any major uh, faith crisis in his life. But eventually, when he now denied Christ three times, that was when he realized that if you trust in the arm of the flesh, you will not prevail. Peter understood that when you fall to the ground, it is only the grace of the resurrected Christ that can pull you up. And when he experienced that grace, his life
0: changed.
1: His life changed. So you can only lay down your life when you have experienced the transforming power. Of the grace of God. You can only lay down your life. When you have experienced the humbling power. Of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that humbling power? Peter thought that he could do anything. He thought he could walk with the Lord. He thought he could walk the walk that God that Jesus Christ will walk. He thought he could suffer the things that Jesus Christ suffered. He thought he could experience He, 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 could, he could endure the things that Christ can that Christ will endure for us. And when he saw Jesus go on the cross, the Bible told us that when as soon as they arrested Jesus, all of them ran away. And I'm sure he started watching from afar. That's what the Bible tells us. He says Peter started watching from afar. And when he saw Jesus now being crucified, he understood that this is no longer a child play and that humbled Peter and unless you experience that humbling power of the cross laying down your life for Christ would be very very difficult unless you experience because you think that you can do it on your own but the Bible says that by the arm of the flesh shall no one prevail the man who will lay down his life must be a man who has experienced the humbling power of the cross of Christ the man who will lay down his life is a man who has experienced the sobering power of his forgiveness here was a man, in the midst of everybody, he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And he denied him not once, not twice, but three solid times. After denying him, this same person, Jesus now called and said, forget, lovest thou me. And Peter understood that because I failed in the past... The forgiveness of the almighty God is still very much active in my life. And God is able to still commit his sheep into my hand. He said, love thou me. Peter said, yes, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. In other words, the fact that you have fallen in the past, the fact that you have made mistakes in the past, the fact, that, the fact that you have issues going on in your own life, the fact that you have failed and you have disappointed the Lord in the past, does not mean that God is done with you. Okay? It doesn't mean that God will abandon you. It doesn't mean that God will say you are no longer good for me. It doesn't mean that God will not, and not take you like one of our friends will say. God will take your, your name out of his refrigerator. That doesn't mean that. It simply means that God will give you a second chance. And until you have experienced the sovereign power of his of His forgiveness, you might not be able to give up. You know, You might not be able to lay down your life for him. Because you have to be able to accept the forgiving power of the almighty God. If Peter had refused that particular forgiveness at that point in time, Peter's ministry would have come to an end. But the Lord was not done with him yet. You remember when the Bible tells us when Jesus Christ resurrected before Peter saw him Peter said I go fishing in other words Peter said I have given up this business of ministry I'm no longer preaching to other people if you remember in the book of that say in the beginning of that same book of John the Bible said that God called him and he said you are Peter I will make you you are a rock I will you will become fishers of men now he abandoned the call of God upon his life because of his failure and now went fishing Jesus had to bring him back and say the fact that you sin doesn't mean I've given up." up on you. The fact that you failed doesn't mean I've given up on you. The fact that you have disappointed me doesn't mean I've given up on you. I am ready to give you a new start. And that's what happened to Peter. And when Peter realized that God has given him a new page, what happened? He was willing to go down on his knees and say, Lord, you know I love you. And God now renewed his ministry and said, go and feed my sheep. Before you can lay down your life for the Almighty God, Apart from the fact that you experience the, the power of his forgiveness, you must experience the redeeming power of his love. It's not just that God has forgiven us, but God has drawn us back unto Himself. Peter was outside of the fold. Peter was walking far away. The Bible says that Peter followed from afar. But because of the fact that we follow from afar, Jesus is not saying your place is not from afar. Your place is within the particular fold, and He brought Him back in there. Regardless of what we have done, as long as we are willing to, as long as, as, long as we are willing to go on our knees and say, "Lord, have mercy upon me, forgive me." That. Power Power of his resurrection is able to draw us back into the fold. Regardless of what you have done in the past. The issue is not whether we fall or whether we fail. The issue is what do you do after you are fallen or after you have failed. What did Peter do? Peter went a fishing, but the grace of God brought him back. The redeeming power of God's love brought him back. The same redeeming power of God's love can bring us back into the fold in the name of Jesus. But most importantly, you must experience the life-giving power of his resurrection. If you are going to lay down his life for him. Experiencing the life-giving power of his resurrection. The power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power must work in us. The Bible tells us something. It says that he that is in Christ is a new creation. All things have pa- passed away. All things have become new. Until you experience that power. Until you experience that newness of life. Nothing You know, you might not be able to give, you know, you might not be able to lay down your life for the one that has called you. That power must work in you before you can lay down your life because the power of his resurrection, what does it do? The power of his resurrection gives us life, number one. The power of his resurrection gives us, you know, transforms us from sinners, you know, to saints. The power of his resurrection brings back dead, you know, bring people who are dead, it brings them back to life. The power of his resurrection gives us the life of God. That is what that power does. That is what the power of his resurrection does. And most importantly, the power of God's resurrection, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, assures us of eternal life. And that is why Paul the Apostle prayed that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The reason is because the power of that resurrection is what gives us eternal life. And that is why the Bible tells us when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said that you, are born, you know, a man must be born again. In other words, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead must enter into your own spirit and cause you to come back alive. If you read the book of Genesis chapter one, the Bible says that when it was when the Lord was making when the Lord created Adam and Eve, He said that the Lord breathed upon this body of Adam, and man became a living soul. In other words, the life of God, the power of His resurrection, is the Spirit of God that gives us that eternal life, and you must experience it if you are going to be able to walk with the Almighty God.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We invite you to join us for our monthly Fresh Encounter prayer conference every last Saturday of the month from 12 noon until 3 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.